0: Welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Cleantechnica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com.
1: We're here for another episode of Cleantech Talk. Today we're joined by Sebastian Lang, Vice President of Film at Bruckner. I'm Zachary Shahans, CEO of Clean Technica and one of the hosts of Clean Tech Talk. So Sebastian actually, in a rare instance, reached out and commented, you know, offered some comments to us about the battery industry and machine manufacturing. And there was so much interesting stuff in there that I thought we should have, have Sebastian on for a podcast and actually dig into these topics. So, first of all, thank you to Sebastian for reaching out, for being a Clean Technica reader and listener and for offering some insight into these topics. So maybe as an intro, could you tell us a little bit more about who you are and who Bruckner is?
0: Yes, absolutely. Zach, thank you very much for having me today. Big fan of uh, your website and all the information you provide and uh, the education included. So my name is Sebastian Lang. I'm with Bruckner Group USA, uh, located here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the East Coast. And um, yeah, I'm the manager and vice president here for the American market for a German-based equipment and machine manufacturer. The Bruckner Group is um, dedicated for equipment manufacturing in the plastic processing world. So basically, we engineer and design film stretching production lines for various applications including flexible packaging, shrink films, optical applications, but also technical applications such as condensator film and also battery separator film. And um, since we provide this industry with uh, engineered solutions um, and I'm in charge of the Northern American market, um, I realized that there are a lot of announcements in the industry for new gigafactories, cell manufacturing places, But there's a huge supply chain behind all those factories. Uh, For instance, they need anodes, uh, cathodes, they need uh, coating materials, but also they need uh, separators.
1: Yeah, Separator,
0: easy to explain, is basically the part that separates anode from the cathode and lets ions um, pass by without um, allowing a shortcut, so to speak. So it's a crucial part of every nowadays lithium ion battery.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a handful of years ago, and you know, the EV industry was really starting to get hot, and people realized, oh, the real story is the batteries. So then you get a lot of coverage about batteries, but then you know, for those of us who are always trying to dig into the, to the to the future and to the the next important topic, you know, once you dig into batteries a little bit, you see there's a lot of components of batteries. There's there's lithium, there's nickel, there's there's separators, and you know, if you dig into each of those supply chains, you get Interesting stories. You get interesting trends and stories. So you sort of were speaking the language that we've been speaking with, uh, with mineral and mining experts, people who who know a lot about lithium and nickel. And the interest one of the interesting things to me was your comments were quite similar in, in various regards, but, but you're not focused on nickel and lithium and, and mining. You're focused on the separator film. So it's an interesting thing. And I guess just to, as a little more background before we jump into those topics. Can you give us a little more perspective on the battery separator film industry and sort of how it's how it's spread geographically, if there's a few large firms, if there's a lot of firms, and uh, we can start with that, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And w- what you said is absolutely right. At the very beginning of electrification, we all thought, okay, the battery is going to be something like a commodity. You can buy it anywhere and, and it's just... Um, available for, from the Far Eastern manufacturing places. But meanwhile, the automotive industry realized it's a key technology. It's, a, so to speak, the new combustion engine of a car. It's a crucial part where they um, the big uh, EV manufacturers put in a lot of resources uh, to develop um, those uh, components uh, for, for EVs. So it became more and more strategically important mm. to them. Speaking of the history of battery separator film, I guess it was somehow invented in Japan decades ago already. And then the first couple of smaller companies popped up in Japan and China to develop really battery separator film on a small scale. So uh, very little yield. And uh, anyway, the market was not there yet. But uh, this spiked extremely over the course of the last couple of years. And in our days, uh, there are a couple of really big players. Toray, SEMCorp, Shanghai Green Energy, Senior. um, There are a couple of names out there and Mm -hmm. and you easily find them when you use a search engine online. But um, the point is that most of their assets and manufacturing places sit in uh, Japan, Korea, and China right now. In very early stages, you will also find some battery separator plants in Europe already, usually supported and inaugurated by... um, Japanese and Chinese manufacturers and investors, but here in the U.S., I always call it, it's still a blank page. You have some battery separator manufacturer here in the U.S., but they are more from the net asset century, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and they're dedicated to special applications such as um, energy storage or... For, for submarines, they, they produce some separators for their batteries, which look totally different than what we
1: see in nowadays
0: in electric vehicles.
1: It's um, useful to give that context because, you know, people like me would have no idea if they're the same or different. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, you also just to, to clarify and highlight, you know, you don't run the, the such fact battery film separator factories, you build the machines and the production lines for these companies. And you, you sell them, you maybe even implement them and, and get them running. But absolutely. then it's but then you're not actually running any battery film production yeah, facility, ab- right? Absolutely
0: correct. So to give you a better idea, imagine you would be walking down a football field. That's probably the length of a smaller film production line. And that's just one line. And uh, the biggest can reach a footprint of something like 500 by 200 feet. So this is just one production line. And usually in battery separator film plants in China or Korea, you would see in one factory probably 10 to 15 or 20 lines one by one side each other. So that's how big actually the market is. And then we just talk about one plant. So there are several companies who operate such plants and they have several locations. So as of right now i would say i would say that there are already hundreds of lines out there in the market and uh, more than 90% is located in the far east
1: very interesting thank you There's, all this extra detail and context you give is definitely hugely appreciated so anytime you feel like adding more that's uh, that's welcome so yeah the ge- geographical issue is is a fascinating one so you know we've talked about this with with minerals and mining, for example, you know Elon Musk says you know they get the lithium for from Australia, but in actuality, after getting mined, wherever it comes from, it's it almost always goes to China for processing for for turning into the lithium carbonate that goes into the batteries to and sort of gets. There's there's always a lot of the step, a lot of the process that's happening in China, and it sounds like this is a similar thing with battery film separators that you have. Basically, you have the South Korean giants, you have, you, know, you have Panasonic, I think largely probably in Japan, and you have Chinese giant battery companies, cattle, sort of most most famous now, CATL, but there's there's others. And sort of, you know, the ecosystems for the supply chain sort of sit around around them in these countries. So that's how I'm understanding it. So can you and, and I mean it's not to we're not trying to make anyone at trying to demonize or, or, or be uh, xenophobic or anything. But there's obviously concerns when, you know, uh, the vast majority of, of, uh, of an industry is centered in, in a, one or two or three places. We know that well with oil, with OPEC, you know, that kind of situation. And I think there's a lot of concern. We don't want to end up in a situation where the battery supply chain is monopolized by a couple of places. So, you know, using that as background, can you give a little more information then? How, how that's similar in the battery separator film industry, like with the, with the mining and the processing, and also the changes you're seeing, the kind of movement you're seeing in, in Europe to start with.
0: Yeah, uh, very good point, Zach. And, and the good news here is that you don't really have to mine the raw material for a separator film. Usually that's polyethylene based, polyethylene, a very common polymer that you get in it's available in any in every industrialized uh, country then you need some plasticizer and probably also some uh, some solvents so to explain you probably quickly the the process how you would manufacture a battery separator film in our days is that you extrude an ultra high weight uh, polyethylene film that was blended with a plasticizer so then you oriented and uh, by actual direction. So you basically extrude and cast a sheet and you stretch it in the length and you stretch it in the width. And uh, then you wash out the plasticizer. And this would give you some cavities. And the remaining result is basically a porous film structure. And so, so the resin and the raw materials is actually no issue. It's more like you mentioned, the geographical location. Because if you create those kind of battery clusters, like Blue Oval or some, some Giger plants uh, that, that should also be surrounded by the entire um, ecosystem, you, you are at the moment depending from all the resources in the Far East. And uh, even prior pandemic, you know you had to ship uh, thousands of containers around the world to supply those battery separator firms with the, with the, um, uh, uh, to supply the battery industry. And, and the cell manufacturers uh, with, with the with the goods they need to assemble. So it makes absolutely sense. And this is also the idea and the concept behind for the European car industry to locate the supply chain as best as possible around those kind of uh, battery clusters or battery cell manufacturers. And uh, this is something, you know, you guys reported it recently, that on top of what's running here in the U.S. right now, there will be... Um, 13 more plants expected until 2025. So this adds huge capacity here to the American market. But yet I still see there's a lack of capacity for, for separator here in the U.S. So that uh, gives you the high dependency on, on uh, this uh, this kind of um, uh, components for
1: for the battery. Yeah, you said in the email, where, where are the component supplies coming from for all these, all those plants that are coming in the next right. five years. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to that. But just to go back to Europe for a second, I know you're focused on North America. So I'm sure you know, the North American market better, but but Europe has had a kind of, they've been taking a clear leadership role in trying to create these economic clusters around battery manufacturing, and try to, you know, help their countries and continent. To benefit from this change and not lose too many jobs from you know losing ICE and uh, internal combustion engine manufacturing plants and such, can you speak a little bit more about where that is happening in Europe and I don't know maybe notable companies that are sort of leading with that and I don't want to put too many at once, but also kind of like what's the what's the status of progress on that? that? Uh, is it is it uh, Is it changing a lot from year to year, from quarter to quarter, or is it sort of a slow, sort of more of a goal still?
0: Yeah, so what we're seeing right now is uh, they clearly focus at the early stage um, of implementing the technology in the European market. They've uh, been focusing on the Eastern states of the European Union, such as Poland and uh, Hungary, to name two manufacturers there. It could be SK from from Korea or Toray from Japan. But what we will see in the next two to three years, there will be also Chinese companies investing in the European market. I see definitely separator plants coming up in the Scandinavian and northern part of Europe. And like you mentioned, this is clearly of strategical advantage for the European car industry, for the car manufacturers. So they do not rely on Southeast or Far East Asian um, resources as they do for uh, electronic chips in these days. So um, definitely they learned their lesson from that. And also it's uh, highly supported from from the governments to create jobs definitely, to become independent and uh, yeah, to keep the economy running and uh, in in this promising industry.
1: So at the moment, it's more Korean, Chinese companies you know, building uh, facilities in Europe. It's not new European com- companies or, or companies uh, in from from Europe that are sort of getting into this industry.
0: We see some corporations um, since, uh, you know, very often it would be a joint venture of a um, government-supported entity together with a know-how company from Far East. This is what I see right now. So they, they then- work together with Northwalt or however they call themselves then to, to bring him some uh, government money and uh, it, you know, in, incentivize them to uh, locate their battery to separate plate and uh, plants in, in their respective states in the European Union.
1: Yeah, and Northvolt is a clear kind of uh, leader name in trying to create these kind of battery economic clusters. And of course, it's led by someone who used to be head of supply chain for Tesla. Uh, some time back, we've interviewed him on the podcast as well. But yeah, so let's let's shift over to the US so so it sounds like in the US we have a blank page more or less there's not a lot you don't really see this kind of thing happening do you see any kind of signs any kind of movement toward trying to do more of what europe is doing for example
0: if you speak with the industry insiders everybody is asking the same question what we are actually going to do with all the gigawatt hours that are going to be installed in the near future and uh, just to finish up with europe i mean we talk about 270 gigawatt per hour that are expected, expected within the next um, five years to pop up and actually plant is double as that. So those are huge amounts of battery capacity produced there every year. And to give you an idea about the demand for battery separator film, for one kilowatt hour, you need about uh, 10, uh, 10 square meter of battery separator film. Yeah, so you would need 10 million square meter per one gigawatt hour, and one gigawatt hour—that's almost nothing these days, right? There are hundreds of gigawatt hours announced in Europe, but the same in the US. So if I refer,
1: it's a a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned in your article recently where you talked about the 30 new battery separator uh, battery factories coming up. That's close to 400 gigawatt hours by end of 2024, uh, 25. So you you can make the math that that you would need dozens of battery separator film plants to supply these demands, or you're heavily depending on sources from Far East, Southeast Asia.
1: Yeah, and that leads to a good point but first i'll just take a brief pause uh, anyone listening please encourage you rem- remember to to subscribe on spotify on on google podcasts on apple podcasts itunes wherever you listen to our podcasts youtube as well this year i'm really not good at pitching this but i know everybody says you have to do it so i'm trying to do it you know but uh appreciate it it helps a lot if you like if you comment if you subscribe and of course you can also support us our work by going to future.cleantechnica.com. Slash subscribe and becoming a monthly contributor subscriber. Also, get some exclusive content and early releases of podcasts like these in 2022. So, just jumping back where we were, I I thought one of the more interesting, one of the most interesting things you you put in that initial uh, contact email, you mentioned that it takes three to four years to have a battery separator film line delivered, installed, and commissioned. So it's not a case of, oh, we'd like a, uh, a line. We're going to get it next quarter or something. It takes three to four years. So this is very similar to the, the issue that I, seems to be one of the, the crux of the issues in the battery mineral world is that it takes several years to, to get a mine up and run, running after you've decided to do it. And so you can't just it's not quite like I think the automotive industry is used to where they say, OK, we want. I mean they're pretty they're good at planning obviously the automotive industry's got to be one of the best at planning but they don't historically i think have such long timelines that they have to consider so could you talk a little bit more about that 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 side of things
0: Yeah absolutely I mean these days are extraordinary for a lot of machine and equipment manufacturers since we all have to rely on a certain supply chain a, a lot of resources and metals are uh, on sh- short on supply and um, also um, the engineer workforce basically in Europe and especially in, in Germany is limited. So, and uh, the, the last two, three years, our company has seen a spike in, in order intake, not just from battery separator film industry, but also flexible packaging and other industries there. They're very demanding these days. So uh, basically we have a great order intake since years but that leads to a situation where you would experience uh, lead times um, of, of two to three years right now, easily. And that's just for one line. So if you consider how I, I told you, you need actually dozens of lines to supply one gigafactory, but then you you get your line delivered in three years, but also you would need to, you know, um, establish the building. You need to furnish foundations, uh, furnish the infrastructure, um, that all takes time. And then here in the USA, there's also a shortage of labor force of steel, steel structures, buildings are pretty expensive, to be honest. And yeah, that that's all the process that takes you uh, to that uh, named timeframe of three to four years until you have a battery separator film up and running.
1: Yeah, I want to come back to the the clusters idea. But you brought up something i wasn't really thinking to talk about which is workforce and labor and you know i've i've communicated with elon musk that's the ceo of tesla of course several times and many times over the past several years and i one of the things that has stood out to me is that their number one challenge it seems to me seems to be a workforce challenge is is getting and retaining very high quality engineers that this is there's enormous, as you just said, enormous demand for, for high quality engineers in this industry or in various industries. And, you know, it's that that high demand and sort of not enough supply leads to challenges with getting them, retaining them, all that kind of thing. So that sort of seems to me like it sound, sounds like you're saying that's a kind of one of the challenges in your industry as well.
0: It is for sure, at least at the moment, it leads to extended delivery times. But, uh, you know, those kind of plants, they don't build itself. So I guess Elon, he made the same experience with his factories. He's been setting up in, in really impressive uh, time time frames the last couple of years. But, but uh, yeah, you need an immense amount of people to do the installation. To operate those plants, actually, that takes uh, probably a couple dozen of people several lines um, but the engineering installation and commissioning that takes uh, like you said dedicated specialists that you do not uh, re- really find in every other town
1: and even the need so for th- electricians and construction i mean this is i think yeah. one of the problems they had with locating the first gigafactory in nevada there wasn't enough of a workforce there and why they focused sure. on being in on austin area for this texas gigafactory because of the workforce basically
0: but I would be really uh, curious to hear Elon's uh, take on on that upcoming shortage of battery separator film,
1: yes, uh, especially no,
0: here in the USA, because yeah. uh, he, he, he's very well known to be that kind of person thinking a couple years ahead. So so far I haven't had the chance to speak with him about that, but probably yeah. he's listening.
1: Yeah, well, and, me is uh,
0: scratching his head right now.
1: Yeah, me as well. I mean, that's why I found this very interesting topic to dive into, and you know, we can obviously write more bad i think he's more of a, a reader than a than a listener or <laughs> i think he, i don't i think he, he said in the past this was years ago you know it's much more efficient to read something than to watch or listen to it so i think he watches and listens to some things for entertainment but for the most part reads for 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 that kind of thing but maybe maybe i'm wrong but but i i would like to highlight it and i would like to go back to that then which is you know as you stated and we're just going to restate it because it's a big deal there's these 13 uh, this was from the Energy Information Ad- uh, Administration, I believe. This article: the 13 new electric vehicle battery factories are planned within the U- in the U.S. within the next five years. Yeah, that was the EIA because it was sort of odd that it didn't include Tesla, anything Tesla-related. So it was this is not even including Tesla stuff for some reason. So that's a lot of battery factories, and as we've been trying to explain. There's whole ecosystems of, of companies and products that go into batteries and logically would be geographically close. And the way you're putting it, as I understand it, is we don't really see any real economic clusters developing for battery factories in the US. There's no real like, oh yeah, there's there's battery film f- you know, companies or factories setting up here. There's there's lithium carbonite uh, you know processing happening here. it's all sort of just nothing you know everybody's talking about it it's, it's nice to hear that you know industry insiders are asking the same questions that' I'm, I'm asking I feel like I'm on the right track but it's also concerning that that there's not more like oh yeah, there's this happening in this region and this happening over here and I don't know could you talk more about do I have that picture right? Is there any kind of hope or path that you see to, creating those sooner than later and and then maybe we can get into the policy side if there's anything policy-wise that's sort of leading towards uh, supporting that kind of that kind of development economic development
0: yeah absolutely and i mean for for me it's it's the elephant in the room because uh, w- you've been referring to the th- 13 new lines they sum up to uh, around about the capacity of uh, 400 gigawatt hours right so to supply all that that consumes 4 billion square meters of separator film each year. And uh, to supply you with 4 billion square meter separator film each year, you would easily need like 40 lines, 30, 40 lines, betterator separate, separator film lines that take two, uh, three, four years to bring to a startup. And um, just, just as a side note, Zach, What's your guess? What's the cost of one square meter of battery, battery separator film?
1: I oh, don't know. Don't ask me that kind of question. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to have a good uh, answer. D-
0: depending who you would ask, uh, you ask some independent consultants or something, it ranged somewhere between 30 and 60 US dollar cent, probably, per square meter. So if we talk about 4 billion square meter, that's a market itself of uh, 1 to 2 billion US dollar, right? So you would think people are interested, and they see that that there's this uh, white spot on on the map where where def- definitely definitely contains uh, an interesting business opportunities. But for sure, you need to operate those plants. You you got to have the operators. You have to have uh, the the license. There might be environmental issues also with that, since it's a chemical process, so to speak. So it's it's not like that. Everybody got the um, capex and, and and the willingness and the ambition and you just go ahead and this is start your own plant so you need significant funds knowledge and also um yeah the right location to to start such an operation
1: and you need a firm commitment uh, lead time to de- get it done on time you need a oh, yeah. you, you're not going to go start building factories in uh georgia or or oklahoma or something in tennessee without a firm commitment that you're going to be able to sell your product to someone uh in that area so it reminds me so much of discussions like two years ago about lithium and nickel and it's like it's the same it's almost the exact same kind of discussion of you know yeah everybody's hyped up about evs and batteries and battery cells but where are the where are the factories where are the contracts where what's where's the actual stuff coming from and um it sounds like the same kind of situation and we've actually seen in the at least in the stock world and somewhat you know and and you know related Lithium and and nickel getting a lot more, a lot more hyped, a lot more interest, and and we did just actually I think it was in the past day or so, uh, uh, Tesla made a contract with Talon, for nickel from North America, which is a big deal because it's not it's not where nickel is mostly coming from, and it's sort of a, a sustainably oriented nickel product uh, nickel mining, but again it's taken sort of uh, when when did Elon make those comments about nickel? Uh, at a at a at the Battery Day event, I think it was. Yeah, it was the Battery Day event. So it's quite a f- far time back before this has happened, and I guess it, get, it gets me concerned again. Like, are we too? Are we going too slow? Is it too? Do you feel like we're a bit too slow to meet targets if there's not more movement very soon on on this just battery separator film, for example?
0: Zach, to be honest, I feel like we're too focused and we neglect things that are so obvious, right? Talking about lithium just made like 500% last year and it was obvious already since the years. And now everybody is like, oh, lithium was doing really well last year. i wonder if it's doing so well this year. Yeah, of course it will. It's obvious all all the uh, raw material that you need in a a battery uh, manufacturing process uh, will do very well um, the next couple of years. But, you know, for the battery, we realized, okay, it's a crucial part of the EV. So let's go into battery cell manufacturing. But the supply chain, you know, yeah, somebody will take care about. That's my impression right now. But, uh, yeah, for sure, people will take care about them, but they. But, you know, in those um, geopolitical questions, they will first serve their local markets. The Chinese will serve basically their, their own car manufacturers, and there are plenty. And the, the demand is huge. So will the Europeans. And I I really appreciate and and love to see what's going on here in the United States. We have great car manufacturers. We definitely have a a world technology leader here in the United States, Uh, very ambitious around the globe with uh, factories in in Shanghai, in Berlin, Germany. That's amazing. And also here in the United States. But yeah, there's far more behind an EV that you have to take care about. And uh, that that makes me somehow wonder. But yeah, we're in the first conversations here in the United States also to come back to that point, what's actually going on. There are two established players in battery separator film right now, which are not too much into EV yet. So there are some chances, but by far not those kind of commitments that we are seeing for uh, battery cell manufacturers
1: right now. So can you say anything about policies at the federal or, or state levels, uh, policy movement or policy discussions? Any, are, are you hearing of anything that's sort of leading toward this kind of focus on battery economic development clusters uh, in the U.S.?
0: I, I can definitely see that local governments, um, in particular states, are uh, emphasizing, trying to motivate and subsidize so to speak, companies who are willing to invest in their local states, uh, like around this cluster of Blue Oval, for instance, right? But other than that, my knowledge is limited how this, in fact, actually looks like, how much support you get, if it's just like some incentives for the land that you would need, or if they supply you with any tax benefits or something. I think that's a very yeah. individual question, state by state here in the United States. And, and to be honest with you, that's also not... Part of of my portfolio to consult with, uh, since we're clearly in engineering and design of machine equipment,
1: but not too much in
0: consulting where you should put your equipment and what's the local policy and so on.
1: Yeah, I'm just sort of ho- hoping for murmuring of, hey, we need to develop battery industry in the US or in, you know, uh, different states, just ho- hoping to hear signs of, you know, policymakers thinking strongly about the need for this. But I, I don't get a lot of a lot of that. So Right. Uh, and so-
0: I would hope actually that the economy and the market is fixing that, that people just see, all right, there's a huge market coming up. It's obvious. It provides me with a decent business case, and then you go ahead rather than pushing people by the lawmaker in certain directions. Like we see that at the moment in the plastic packaging industry, which uh, sometimes comes up with some effects which bring you in a totally different direction than you
1: actually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when it when it's sort of a young and fast-changing market. Oh yeah. yeah. So I guess the last thing that then is just any final comments, any, um, anything that we, that we missed or you want to emphasize again?
0: I think we touch base on most parts. My bottom line is just that I see you know a big movement here in the United States, which is great to see, but it's not uh, a very holistic, so to speak. It's too much focus on one certain part and uh, which is also a crucial part to do the assembly. Of a battery here in the United States, that's already good to see, and also having the car manufacturers here. But basically, the supply chain behind is a very, very young uh, industry as of right now.
1: It's very useful, very appreciated, not very uplifting. But this is uh, <laughs> this is the world, so better to look at it realistically, and and hopefully you know bring more sunlight to the topic. I think this deserves a lot of lot of articles not just uh a pod one podcast so we'll be sure to follow up and write about this further thank you so much for reaching out for doing what you're doing and for pushing you know with your voice perhaps pushing the door open here so thank you
0: thanks for having me it was a pleasure being here thank you so much
1: thank you for listening to clean tech talk
0: join us next time to get your electric fix